What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. And subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, the unstoppable Mike C-Rock. I'm in the house today with Dan Jordan, also known as the Deej, or he, there's two people maybe. There might be an alter ego, the Deej, but we'll find out here in this interview. But Dan is known across the globe as the sales energizer. He is a true salesman and prospector who lives and loves the game. His superpower is taking businesses from startup to sale and training others to do the same. Uh, we'll get into the rest of this bio as we do in the interview. But Dan, I want to welcome you to the What Are You Made Of show. This is awesome. Man, I'm telling you, the whole concept of your show is dynamite. You know, it's absolutely right because, you know, everybody looks at people and say, you know, this is where they are. But nobody sees, you know, the duck going crazy underneath the water when they got started. So this is a perfect way. This is a perfect Thank way you. to figure it out. Thank you. It. And I just used that analogy about the duck. Are you on Clubhouse at all? I'm not. I'm okay. not a Clubhouse. Okay. I'm not in the club. Well, Clubhouse is like audio and has these pictures of people. And you can't tell what those people are really doing while they're on the app if they're not talking. Mm-hmm. And I'm on there and it might just look like my picture. But I'm just like a duck on water, man. I'm networking. I'm hammering people's bios and shooting messages out, connected yeah. behind the scenes, and people would have no clue unless I'm reaching out to them. And I just used that duck on the water just earlier today. So oh, that's really? wild that you said See, that. We're yeah. on the same yeah. telepathic <laughs> wave. That's awesome. So before we get too, too much further, we always start the show with the tradition of asking the question, what are you made of? What am I made of? Which is a great question. And uh, I don't know if it's good or not, but I'm well prepared for that one. I am my uh, father's son. And so quick story. So my dad uh, lost his father when he was 13 years old in Auschwitz, like in the Holocaust, in the concentration camp. So my dad was from France. And so somehow after all big stories, he came here and, and never had a bad day and just loved America and loved opportunity. And he, when he didn't give me much advice, he only had a sixth grade education. But whenever he gave me something, it would start like this. He would say, Danny, in this country. And then he'd give me his stuff. And, and one of them was this. And it's a little deeper than people like to get, but it was very impactful on me. And perhaps it'll help somebody else to understand you know, kind of how good we have it. But he would say, Danny, in this country, on your worst day, they don't throw babies in the air and catch them on pitchforks. I'm like, yeah. Wow. I mean, like, hello, you <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. you know, welcome to junior high. I mean, that's, <laughs> and so uh, I, every day I wake up, I true, you know, people say, you know, I'm blessed. I truly feel blessed to be alive right now in the greatest place in the world, in the greatest time to be alive. Never has there been a more a time for that someone can get started and opportunity and just a peaceful coexistence of, with everyone else. It's just a, it's a great time to be around. And I'm just so blessed to be here. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. So 
take going back to that when your dad came here, where like business did he get into? Oh, well, you know, that's a challenge. When immigrants come, they got, as he would say, I got gunish. Gunish means nothing in Yiddish. You know, his famous thing to me was he always owned small businesses and he could do with his hands, but he would never describe himself as a businessman. He would say, Danny, I'm a shopkeeper. You need to do something. All I know is how to do this. You know, you need to do something. And so I graduated high school. My dad said to me, so Danny, what are you going to do? And I said, you know, I had some plans or what have you. And he said, okay, do what you want. Because Danny, remember this, in this country, you get a job, you have one customer and he's called a boss. And if he gets a wild hair up his tuchus and decides to fire you, you got gunish, you got nothing. But Danny, in this country, you're a salesman. You have a hundred bosses but they're called customers. And one of them fires you? Who cares? You got 99 more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he exactly. said, financial security doesn't come with having a job. Financial secu- security comes with the ability to earn an income, to find a customer anytime, any place, anywhere. Learn how to talk to people and you'll be fine. Yeah. And that's the thing. Uh, so on that topic, it's one thing to be able to sell somebody something, handle objections, close, all that. But prospecting is such an important deal that most salespeople miss out on and they don't go after. And so I'd love for you to talk about this because I know you're a professional prospector. I believe yeah, myself, I myself, I'm the same way. Like I'll go after, it doesn't matter to me. I just, if I want to connect with somebody, I'm after it. Yeah. that's so it. I, I'm, the world's, that. I'm the world's best cold caller. Until I met you, I've never met my equal. <laughs> But well, well, wait a minute. But you started before there was the internet, so I think I did too. But you were a professional, like really, really expert at it, and I had that ability. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I love everything cold. I just like you know, I like cold showers, cold pizza, cold calls, cold toilet seats. <laughs> I like the whole thing. It's just a. But I it, there's something more, for me. It's somewhat spiritual. It's almost godlike. You know, I, I would tell my, uh, my sister, I'm having this conversation with her and we're having a, a somewhat godly conversation. I said, Juliet, listen, go ahead and make that blade of grass. I mean, just from nothing, start with nothing and make that blade of grass. You know, just you, you start with, you have no, and that's what sales is. Sales is here, you, are, you start with nothing, you know, and you find somebody who wants something and you find somebody who can make something. And you put them together, and all of a sudden, a commission comes out of nowhere. You had nothing, and now you have something. And to me, that's so, it, it's miraculous, and it, it wakes me up. It's, it's just a beautiful thing. You're, we're humans. We're made to create. We, we've been created. We're made to create. And here we have the opportunity to create every single day by interacting with fellow human beings. I mean, what could be? It's the best business in the world. <laughs> why and why do some people think it's so hard? Well, because they have expectations, they have the wrong expectations. So I'm trying to create something. They're trying to sell something. <laughs> and it's not rewarding. Yeah. And also there's a stigma to it. I mean, even my my family, my mother, I'm at a uh I was at it was like her, I guess she was uh she was leaving her job and it was the, the end of the after 30 years and they had this big party for her and so all families were there and I'm there and and so I'm schmoozing with people and I'm talking and, and somebody went up to my mother and said, you know, your son, you know, he's very nice. And she talked and within earshot, I was listening to this and I heard my mother say, well, you know, he's a salesman. <laughs> it's like, 
like the worst thing, yeah. you know, like he's insincere, he's unkind, whatever. Right, it is. right, right. It's like all the stereotypes are there. You know, it's the exact opposite, but that's it. And so people are brought up with that. Yeah, my mom you know, used to say I, that too. Yeah. You okay. know, people, I got you. How's, how's, you know, a long time she was like, so how's, how's Danny doing? She said, well, you know, you know, she was always afraid to tell people he was in sales. So she'd say, you know, well, he's in between jobs. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no, when they, when, when people have a negative connotation about sales or they make comments like that, aren't they really talking about themselves and the fact that they don't think they're good at it or could do it? Like, doesn't. Well, the thing is, uh, people are good at anything that they're truly passionate about. Now, I'm not passionate about sales. I love the sales business. I'm passionate about the sales business. I'm not passionate about closing and things like that. And because of that, people see it. I w- One of my secret passions, loves, is, uh, is classical music. I, it's just, I've always liked it and, and whatever. You don't have to go into it. But if you go on YouTube right now and you find some just cello music or a violinist or whatever, every musician, every choral singer, Every, you know, somebody playing, uh, you know, the singing uh, Ode to Joy at the end of Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, you just look at their face. They're beautiful. I mean, they're gorgeous. They're so attractive. They're irresistible. You can't stop yeah. watching. Yeah. And it's because they have this passion and it, it comes out in their face. It comes out of their pores. It's, it's, you crave that when you see it in something else. And the opposite is, I hate sales. And so you look like a grumpy old sow and nobody wants to hang with you anyway. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, so with prospecting, with prospecting, do you think that most people get the idea and the expectation of prospecting wrong where they think that they're supposed to close somebody and get a yes on that first connection with someone? Yeah, well, so, so the difference is, and then, uh, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And this is a big point that I make all the time uh, in all sorts of training. Whenever I do keynotes, the whole shebang, and that is prospecting and sales are two different things. If they were the same things, they would be spelled the same. Prospecting and marketing, they're two different things. So you can't treat them with the same science. What prospecting is, and the best way to think about it is a billboard. And so you're driving down the highway and you see a billboard of, let's say, a, a big giant Subway sandwich, a $5 foot long, which is yeah. like $6.99 now, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so you're, you're driving by and you see this uh, you know, giant tuna fish sandwich, but it's 8.30 in the morning. And you're like, I'm not interested. And so you just drive by. Do you think the people in Subway are like, oh my, we just lost another one. Those look Rejection, at rejection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not thinking about rejection. They don't care about the people that drive by. They care about the ones that are hungry and come in now. What prospecting is, is just simply to see if somebody's hungry. Hey, are you hungry? I'm not selling. I just want to see if you're hungry. Right. Great. Now I have an opportunity to put you somewhere else. But if you think that you need to sell, you're done because it, it's just not frustrating. I, I can tell you, as a matter of fact, somebody on the way home, all of a sudden at 3.30, hasn't eaten all day, is interested in the five dollar foot right. long. Damn right, and they'll pay ten ninety nine for it. <laughs> exactly, and so prospecting is finding out if you can get somebody to raise their hand to say I'm hungry, and now you have something you can work with. I was working with a client just yesterday who's uh, paying a lot of money to do like an infomercial. Actually, working with Kevin Harrington, yeah, uh, with the short thing, he's doing a lot of stuff there, and they're just stressing over the offer. You know, what are we going to do? I don't want to give them too much because then, you know, 
if I have to pay twenty dollars to get a uh, you know a ten dollar sale, you know it's not worth it. I'm like, guys, you're nuts. I mean, you you're gonna get a ten dollar sale, but you also get a customer who's interested. What's the lifetime value of this person? It could be thousands of dollars that you're getting yeah. for only twenty bucks. Prospecting is just to get someone to raise their hand and say, "I'm hungry." You got, and then you can go to work. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at mikecrock.com/book. That's mikecrock.com/book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. Right, and then it's follow up. Right, follow up yes. is the name of the game. And so, let me ask you this: so prior to the internet, prospecting was phone calls, live visits, maybe some direct mail. Yeah. But since the internet has exploded and, and digital marketing is going crazy, what has changed for you in what you teach and what you actually did for yourself or your business? Yes. First of all, let me correct something you said before. It's not just yes. follow up, it's follow through. Yes, 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 <laughs> okay. yes. You want to get yes. the follow Yeah, I agree. But as far as what's changed is uh, nothing's went away but other things have been added to it. So of course, you get a different type of customer when you do, or a different type of prospect when you market through the internet and you know funnels and all that stuff, or Facebook ads and all that you're doing than you do on the phone. So if you're looking for larger customers, I still use the phone. I still find it as my best entry in there. But once somebody comes in, into that funnel, prospecting is just to bring it, people into the funnel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The yeah. rest of the stuff is still the same. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna have you're gonna follow through with emails, you're gonna follow through with texts, you're gonna follow through with visits, you're gonna follow through with you know more phone calls, you're gonna follow through with gifts, you're gonna follow through with, with all the things you would normally do. So the only thing that's changed is there's more ways to get people into the funnel. Right. And so yeah, you, you, you know, do them all and try them all, and everything works and nothing works. Yeah. Now going like, back to the day, we'll, we'll go, you gotta ahead, have go ahead. Five, you gotta have five tentacles out at all times. I say eight. Oh, you say eight? Okay. Yeah, only because only because like we talk about the octopus a lot and ah, the and, and and the eight tentacles. And uh, I used to think five to survive. That was like the number. Somebody, one of the mentors or sales trainers, said that to me one day, and I used to use that. But then I'm like, well, we might as well add three more and just become octopus. So That's anyway, right. I, I like it. Okay, I'm gonna take them. I mean, five I works. Eight it, works better. I so. learned it from a real crude guy, and he said, uh, you know, I pretend that I have five schnitzels. And uh, my underwear fits like a glove. That was his thing. And so that's how I always remember. <laughs> so so take, us, take us back when you started uh, paying attention and being mentored and trained yeah. in sales. Who were your favorite mentors? Oh, you know, it's, the thing is, I love them all. And the ones that got the most grief, I liked even more. So like right now, I'm loving Grant Cardone just because he has a lot of haters. And I figure if the reason why a lot of people hate him for, for their own reasons, but I, he's got to be doing something right because he's getting noticed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, getting started, I was old school guys, but it was Dennis Waitley. It was Zig Ziglar. It was Jim Rohn, of course. Uh, um, Jeffrey Gittimer is a good inspiration still around now. The, you know, we talk regularly. And, you know, so the, those kind of old school guys, Tom Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. But, now, you know, now they're all good. Dan Kennedy, you know, when it comes to marketing, I'm still into that. Gary Halbert, of course, Russell Brunson now and the whole the whole crew. Yeah. And so, I, I, you know, yeah. love them all. Read them all. Yeah. So uh, I uh, man, I was in, uh, back in the day. I used to sell golf balls on a golf course when I was eight. 
Uh-huh. I would find them out of the pond and sell them to the golfers. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I was just like trying to get candy money, right? I didn't really understand the concept. But then I went into in-home sales. And mm. man, let me tell you something. I luckily didn't have to door knock. We had a telemarketing department. They would set up appointments for water tests. And I would go around and sell Rainsoft systems. I don't know if you've heard of that or not. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that for nine years Gosh. and cut my teeth in sales. I don't know how it lasted nine years because I hated That's it, That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, but you know, you know what I hated most about it? What? I would go into houses that would cost less than what I was selling and the people needed it because the water was bad, but it still didn't feel right. Like it just didn't feel, I don't know. Yeah. I just, so anyway, I cut my teeth in that, was able to, to, to go from you know the whole sales cycle. And then I got into the real estate and the mortgage business and the mortgage business was easy when it came to that yeah. because like people actually needed like right away, I, I need a loan, I need a loan, I need a loan. We were teaching the people about the water and how bad it was and trying to tell them that they needed something and show them they needed something. So I went into that. So the reason I'm telling you this is that yeah. as a new loan officer, I have, I have 30 employees right now and we, we do great. Um, I'm always pushing them to do better, but we're working on bringing new people in and scaling. And, and I want to yeah. go after new people that haven't been in the mortgage business before. Oh yeah. You don't want if, that. Yeah. Because the old guys, you know, they had their habits and all that. We have a certain culture and all that. Anyway. The new people, if you had somebody coming into your business that was brand new, let's say a loan officer, what would you guide them on in the first three steps that they should do as soon as on their first day of the job? Ooh. Well, let me get there, but let me, let me just start off. I think you're in the right place with the way you started. I always tell everybody, you bring a blue collar, hardworking attitude to a white collar business, the person cannot be stopped. Yeah. You know, Agreed. so that's the whole thing. If you're of that hustling door to door, you know, I sold, I sold when I first had my first business was a deli in New Jersey. But during that time I was branching out doing other stuff. And I started selling like frozen food in people's houses and you would sell them a freezer and pack up the thing. (laughs) It was the same thing. It was like, you guys, it's a trailer home and I spent, you know, $3,000 worth of food. What are you doing? (laughs) You know, it's got hurricanes going to come wipe the whole thing out. But yeah, but that type of attitude in the white collar world gets you going. And so, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, so first thing you get someone like that, you got to make sure it's old school thing, but it's a numbers game. But when I say, I think cold calling is the best training, the best sales training. By the way, Dan, I don't mean to interrupt you. One thing though, I just want to yeah. clarify something. I go through and teach my people all this stuff, but sometimes it's good to hear from someone else. And I have my team, by the way, listen to these podcasts. Oh, okay. And so I, this podcast is for, there's numerous reasons that I do the podcast, but one All right. Well, then let me give this, I'll tell you. But, the first but I just thing, want you to know that. Like just. Okay. That's good. See, free training. I'm going to teach you guys magic right now. This is like secret stuff that nobody knows. There's three things, by the way, that people will give you if you ask for it. Only three things. Okay. One is advice. People love giving advice. Advice is great. You ask for somebody's advice. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> not only do they feel that need to help somebody and take them under their wing and shuttle them across the goal line, but you've just complimented them. I mean, nobody asks for advice from an idiot, you know, but yep. if you guys are on the phone with a customer and say, and they don't want to do it, they say, and the person just said, I tell you what, I'm done selling, but let, let me just ask your advice. If you were me and, you know, knowing somebody who you think needs this and, and really help them, what would you suggest that I do? Just something like that. Who knows what'll happen? But oh my gosh, it'll be great. The second thing is an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. You know that story, but here's the big one. Help. If you were to walk into a department store right now and a salesperson comes up to you, what do they say to you? Can I help you? Can I help? It's their job. If you call a receptionist and the receptionist answers the phone, hello, this is Johnson Enterprises. How may I help you? 
It's their job. So if you come mm-hmm. to them and ask for help, it's so seamless and it's so congruent. They just love it. It fits great. So the seven magic words are, I wonder if you could help me. Mm-hmm. So when you call somebody on the phone, the first thing you never say is how you doing today. Because when you say, how are you doing today? So. What, what they hear is cold caller, cold caller, uh, you know, back <laughs> up, you know, they want to, yeah. they start, you start literally uh, building that. Up, you start building up a wall between you and your prospect. And then you have to fight your way through. It's not good. Instead of you just take that away and use the seven magic words. First thing to learn is hello. Ring, yeah, ring, ring. Let's roll play. Say hello. Hello. Hey, is this C-Rock? Yeah, this is C-Rock. Hey, okay, see, real quickly, I wonder if you can help me. Uh, my name's Dan, and the reason I'm calling is, and you're off to the races. Yeah. But you got to say, hello, I wonder if you can help me. And yeah, I love that. I love just that. just makes things so much easier. So that's the first thing. And then as far as, uh, you know, keeping somebody going the next, through the weeks and all that stuff, it's like they really need coaching, almost like teammates. They really need another person with them throughout the first few weeks. Nobody can handle this on their own. Yeah. Coaching and uh, accountability, right? Because they're trying to hit, you got to set targets for them to hit, right? Yeah. But and- only on the things <laughs> that they can control. Celebrate, yeah. celebrate the effort and the results will come. But you have to say, you know, a lot of people call about KPIs. We always coach towards KBIs, key behavioral indicators. And so, because the only thing you can control is your attitude and your behaviors. And so, if your goal is to you know talk to this many people or uh, make this many attempts or whatever the thing is, only you know manage the things you can control. And you know that if if you talk to you know back in the day when I was a stockbroker, it was three hundred dials a day, three hundred. It was sixty an hour, or you're fifty to sixty an hour, and you'd go for six or eight hours, and you just pound away. And you know nobody got. Mo- I was a terrible stockbroker. By the way, you did that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I thought I read it about you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was a stockbroker at Smith Barney. Was, was it like a Back, boiler room? Oh, yeah. It was the old boiler room. Everybody remembered. I'm not talking about some $400 a year working Wall Street stiff who flies first class and is comfortable. I'm talking about being liquid, being rich enough to own your own plane, rich enough <laughs> not to waste time. 50, $100 million, buddy, <laughs> a player. Like everybody, like, that would be like part of our morning meeting. You had to recite the yep. lines from Wall Street. I mean, yep. that was... <laughs> Yeah, I re- want to hear a great. This was this was the worst closing line that that was written down for you to use. It was this one: Is someone say I want to pass, and said you you want to pass, and like somebody said that, yeah, I want to pass. You'd put yeah. him on mute, and you'd scream it. He asked me if I want to pass, and everybody would come over like to your your phone and listen. You put him on speakerphone, and this was the line you were supposed to say. Let me tell you something, Mister Jones. The only people that earn money by passing. Our NFL quarterbacks. And I don't see a number on your jersey. <laughs> so listen, let's go ahead and do this. Let's, do let's it. pick up a thousand shares and run across the end zone together. Okay. <laughs> You'd say that was the closing line. Okay. And did it work? Uh, you know, it worked to get customers, it did not work to get clients. Yeah, yeah, transactional instead of transactional. It was very, it was very transactional. Though yeah. there was one person that I said, "Hey, uh, I'll call him Mr. Jones again." I go, "Mr. Jones, listen, I know you said you're going to pass, and I've got a great closing line for you. I don't expect it to work, but you want to hear it. You're really going to like it." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll and, take it. And I'll then I it. gave it to him. 
That guy became like, a that guy became a client. Gotcha. Because you yeah, you did something different and you said, Yeah, it yeah. Up. warm yeah. it up. Actually, there were times on a sales call. I love this. I, you know, because the conversation's going really well. And I'll say, so uh, so see, I listen, I know we're gonna wind up doing something together. I'm about ready to close. Can I give it to you now? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and, and I'll, say it, like, yeah, yeah, and I'll yeah. say it like that. And so you're smiling. And you know, you can't uh, it, when you there is you're saying yes. Yes, it just tells me just by saying it that you have an open mind. When, so, right. when someone says no, you really can't go any, you lose the ability for critical thought, for future thought. When, when you say, I can't, you'll find reasons why you can't. Yep. And so Make anything right. you need to do in a conversation to open their mind, to get them to say yes. That's why like for when you're giving your presentations with your, with your guys or your pitches, as we used to call them. Uh, you, you try to you try to get them to nod their head three or four times before you actually ask yep. the question. So the, the head nodding would sound something like this. Like, Mr. Jones, listen, if you're like the rest of the people that are looking for mortgages right now, you want like three things. You want the best rate, you want it to be done quickly, and you want it to be done with the least amount of stress. Am I pretty close to the truth? Yeah. See, yeah. I just got you to nod your head yep. four yep. times. Yeah. And, yep. and I didn't use the three words. See, there's three words you never want to use in sales. They literally repel your customers. And there's three words that attract them. So the three words that repel are I, we, and us. Because nobody cares about I, we, and us. They care about themselves, right? So the three words that attract are you, yours, and I'm in the South, so I say y'all. Y'all. But you all. (laughs) Yeah, you all. That's right. So in in that sequence, if you're like most of the other people looking for mortgages right now, you want this, you want this, and you want this. And then yeah, I, I say, that. am I pretty close to the truth? Yes. And so now you got them open. And, and I told you exactly what I do without saying I, we, or us. Yep. Yep. Love it. Well, I want to respect your time. I can go on all yep. day with you, obviously. Yeah. This is like, this is my right up my alley here, but, but how can my uh, audience engage with you, Dan? Listen, I'm, I, I am I mean, it's very good for me to ex- access other people, and I'm very accessible myself. So I have a telephone number. You can text me. Or you can call me. I answer my own phones when I can. You always get a response, and uh, I look forward to it. So it's you can put the number up there, but it's 678-910-9912. Your website is danjordan.com, right? That's it. It's Dan, J-O-U-R. J-O-U-R, Dan Jordan. Dot com. Go check them out, guys. Dan, thank you so much for being here. And I, I just want you to know, like you mentioned Grant Cardone, uh, we started a tech incubator with Grant and I have a product called Blueprinted, which I'm going to share with you because it could probably help your business and yeah. your customers. And uh, I'll have my assistant, Kim, reach out to you to set up a 15-minute call just so you can be aware of it. You can be aware yes. of it. And uh, I'm sure you would love that, wouldn't you? I, <laughs> I would. <laughs> and if you, I need Grant to know the deej. So you make sure you mention yeah. me somehow. I'll see him Saturday. I'm actually going up there. So I'll see him Saturday. I'll mention you. So, right. but thank you for being here. Gratitude is important to me. And I just want you to know, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today. And, and uh, if there's and anything I, I can ever do for you, just ask. Yeah. I appreciate you very Thanks, much. Dan. You guys have a great day. Go sell something today, will you? Thank you. You guys have been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, Mike C-Rock, the unstoppable and the unstoppable Dan Jordan. Also known as the Deej. Go check him out. Dan Jordan with J-O-U-R-D-A-N, danjordan.com. Till next time, be unstoppable. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com. 
and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.